welcome in. This is an extended post-game show for the Kansas City Chiefs here on 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. However you choose to listen, we thank you. We appreciate you taking time out of your Sunday evening to listen to us. I am Chris Nocero, joined by JT Noah, producing this operation here. If you want to weigh in on the Chiefs making their fourth Super Bowl in five years, you can call in or you can text in on the J. South Land Surface text line. Both numbers are the same. They are 913-586-7610. Uh, this is one of the, one of the uh, nights I look forward to every year. Certainly cannot take it for granted because that's just not how the NFL works. The success in this league is very fleeting. And so every time I get the opportunity to come in here after the Chiefs clinch a playoff, you know, a Super Bowl appearance, a Super Bowl berth, every time I get an opportunity to come in here and talk about the Kansas City Chiefs getting to the Super Bowl and even winning the Super Bowl, I am very proud and I very much do not take this for granted. So... Uh, I want us to be able to celebrate this tonight. If you want to weigh in on anything, like I said, phone number 913-586-7610. It's the same number if you want to text in on the Jay's Southland Tow Service text line. JT, we we got ourselves another Super Bowl here in Kansas City. How's it feeling, man? Oh, it's your it, first time doing it here yeah. as part of the station. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because um, last year it meant so much to me. The Super Bowl did not only beating the Bengals and winning the Super Bowl, but just because I lost uh, my grandpa, who was a huge Chiefs fan, got me into sports. And so it's like when I, we won that, it was great. And then I took my next journey chapter, got here, and I'm like, holy crap, now I'm at a radio station and we get to talk about Chiefs for the next two weeks being in the Super Bowl. It's like, this is crazy. Yeah, it, it comes at you fast. You don't like you obviously think about it, but you don't really like think about it as much as like when you're actually in the moment because like every everything about this whole situation was very improbable and it just kind of came out of nowhere and so I, I'm sure you were thinking that I'm sure, I mean I was kind of thinking it too I was like man like them getting back to the Super Bowl highly unlikely just based on how they played during the regular season yeah it was it was like I was thinking, especially because I did the post game show for the Christmas game, and so obviously they <laughs> lost to the Raiders. And I'm like, everyone's like, "Oh, it's done." It, it's a roast. It was a really rough one, and so yeah. everyone's like, oh, "I don't know if we're going to do it." And so it was kind of funny. I was at ease with myself, even as a Chiefs fan, when we beat Buffalo. I was like, "Okay, hey, we lose this one. Yeah, it's going to stink, but it's not like, okay, hey, we lost to the Bengals or the Bills." And so I was like going in there with more of an open mind, and it was like I was actually kind of more at ease. And then once the game started, I was like, "Oh wait." My fandom's back. Why? Are we, why was I not ready for this? Let's go. You know that's how that's how I was in the middle of that Buffalo game last week too. Last week I was sitting there watching the game at home, and I just remember being like, you know, if the Chiefs lose this game, it would suck, especially because you lose to the Bills. But it wouldn't be the end of the world because you know what. You can't you can't deny those other two rings that Mahomes has won. You can't deny the three Super Bowl appearances and the five straight conference championship games. But damn, it would be nice to beat Buffalo in Orchard Park. 
And then when they got the dub, I'm like, you know what? This is nice. This is great. I'm happy, especially because we beat the Bills in Orchard Park. They have been talking for years about if we get you in our house, we'll take care of business. I was like, okay, let's go to their house and let's see if they can take care of business. They did not. So I was, I was like, okay, I'm happy with this result. Next week, go to Baltimore. Baltimore's a great team. Like, I'll say this, and, and anybody who tries to downplay their talent, their ability, downplay what they did this year does not know football. Anybody who tries to diminish the Baltimore Ravens tomorrow, anybody who tries to diminish what they did this year does not know football. I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't care who it is. If anyone tries to tell you that team wasn't good, that team wasn't great, they don't know football. It's just simple as that. That was a great football team they played uh, today. And I, I last week, I, I I I was at work throughout the week hearing the hype about the about the AFC Championship game, and I was I was saying, you know, I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, if they lose, yeah, it would suck. You lose the AFC Championship game. You lose in the playoffs. You miss out on an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. But man. If they win, that would be probably the most impressive of the AFC Championship game wins that Mahomes has had because all we heard this offseason was, oh, well, the Chiefs, they might have to play their first road playoff game with Patrick Mahomes as their starting quarterback. They might have to go on the road, go into someone else's house, and prove they can go get a dub. And a lot of people were worried. And I get it. I understand. I was sitting in here in this very room back in August. Me and Bink were filling in for uh, for, for Dusty on After Hours. And um, we had people calling in. We had people texting in. And they were legitimately concerned about this team having to go play on a, a road playoff game. And I get it because it's it's something new. It's something different. And a lot of people have been made to believe that Arrowhead provides a significant advantage for the Chiefs. I don't believe it. I think it does give an advantage to a slight degree because of the noise and whatnot. But I don't think it gives them a significant advantage because uh, the Chiefs have lost a lot of playoff games at Arrowhead. So for me, I, I was like, I want to see this team go on the road and beat them in their house. Yeah, it's great when they do it at Arrowhead. It's great because we get to enjoy it. We get to have a party. It's in our crib. It's our city, our culture. All that media has to come here. But you know what's real nice? When you go into someone else's house and you beat their ass in front of everybody, national television, nationally televised ass whooping in their house, that's what I wanted to see this year. That's why I wanted them to not get the one seed. It would have been nice, but at the end of that season, when they were having to go on the road, last week, me and Bink, we did it, we did an extended pregame show here on 610 Sports Radio. And I said last week, I look forward to this run. I look forward to the game against Buffalo. I look forward to next week in Baltimore. Because if you get a dub in their places, they can't deny you anymore. And that's what happened tonight. Tonight, you can't deny what the Chiefs did anymore. You can make all the excuses you can the past few years. 
You can point to all the other games out there. Oh, they got calls. It was at Arrowhead. They don't want to make the crowd mad, all that mess. Who are you going to blame now? They went to Buffalo, and they took care of business. And, And here's the thing. Josh Allen had an opportunity to go win that game late. Missed a wide open Khalil Shakir in the end zone for what would have been a game, what potentially could have been a game winning touchdown. Missed him. He was wide open. Missed him. You can thank Chris Jones a little bit for that. Chris Jones a little bit, yeah. But, you know, this is Josh Allen. You got to have better pocket presence. You got to be able to move up in the pocket and make that throw. He, he didn't do that. This week against the league's MVP, against a team that, based on DVOA, which is one of them nerdy analytic statistics that I don't, I don't really pay attention to, but the analytics community loves that, that, uh, that statistic, that and EPA per play. They love those statistics. And according to DVOA, the Baltimore Ravens this year were one of the greatest teams in NFL history. And they got whooped at home. I know it was a seven-point loss. But that was one of those games where not at any point did it look like Baltimore really had that much of a chance. No. Just knocked out from the get-go. Lamar Jackson, league's MVP, played terrible. And it wasn't just because he was bad. It's because his Chiefs defense was great. I mean, they were bringing out everything. They brought out... Uh, you had Suggs, who, what a weird entrance. Coming that was hilarious. Through. So weird, right? That was hilarious. But you had Ed He's Reed. He's won a Super Bowl with us, too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you got Ed Reed. They, I mean, Ray Lewis. I mean, they brought T-Pain. Up. Like, how do those fans feel at halftime? Hey, we got T-Pain, but you're down by 10 at half. Like, I don't know how I would feel about that. It was just like, this was their Super Bowl. This was their time. And it just showed the lack of experience in the playoffs really proved when it comes down to the clutch. Like, I'm seeing highlights right now. Zay Flowers trying to reach for the touchdown. You get get it knocked out by Snead. So, I mean, like, the experience matters, folks. And I think that's what we we take for granted is how much experience this team has. Yeah, I, I think I, – I very much think that, that played a massive part in that. I think that's one of the reasons why um, Snead didn't get demoralized when he gave up that big – that big pass to Zay and then Zay got in position where he was diving for uh, a very key touchdown or would have been a very, very important touchdown for the Ravens. And then Sneed cool as ever just came in and punched that ball out and, and very much saved the game for the chiefs. And then the very next drive, you have Lamar throwing it into triple coverage. Isaiah Lightley. that was, and that was a, that was one of the absolute worst throws that he's made this yeah, year in a great year. I get, I get, throw. I get your, your tight ends like, Hey, you can throw it to me. Uh, you got to make a smarter decision than that. I yeah. get you. He's calling for it, but there's triple coverage there, Lamar. Like, that, that was a Madden pick. It, and then, and, and when you accidentally hit the wrong button, you're like, no, right. I didn't mean that. Or, or you're just like, eh, screw it. Like, I'll, I'll see if my guy will go up and win it, and he doesn't win it because the safety comes over and picks it off. I mean, there was just it. This was one of those games where you had a Ravens team that wanted it, but you had a Chiefs team that knew how to get it. And that was the difference between these two teams. The Ravens were great this year, but they didn't know how to get it. The Chiefs do because they've been doing it. They've been getting it for years now. And I think that was the big difference between there. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson ain't had a whole lot of games in these situations here where everything is on the line. Mahomes has. That's all Mahomes knows is playing with everything on the line. And I think that was a massive difference in these two in these two teams. And at the end of the day, the Chiefs went out and did something that very few the books 
all in favor of the of the Baltimore Ravens. The line moved really quickly. It was like it was opened at two and a half. It moved up to three for most of the week. And I, I remember telling um, people at work, I was like, you know, that line's probably going to move up to like four and a half or five before the before the game. And it did. And all those people, I hope, I hope none of y'all bet y'all rent money on that uh, in favor of the Ravens. A lot of y'all took a bath on that because, man, the, the books were very, I mean, I think, I, I, don't, I don't know an exact number, but I was hearing a lot of the books, people were, were taking the Ravens on that one. That's why that line moved so quickly over the weekend. So I thought it was maybe because Mark Andrews was like, oh, we're active, so everyone's like, hey. I, I, I kind of feel like everyone figured that Mark would play anyways. So I don't know why. I mean, if that was the catalyst for it, I mean, if you'd have been paying attention, you'd have known that Mark Andrews was targeting the AFC championship game anyways to come back. Right. So. And uh, he didn't have, I don't, he had one catch maybe. I, I mean, think like, he, he might've had two. Yeah. I mean, it, he wasn't, he, he was, he was not, not that there. effective. Yeah. No. And it, I don't think he was a hundred percent. Like he, he, he was on a pitch count, likely played significantly more snaps than he did. And I don't think he was at a hundred percent. So uh, like I said, great win today. Uh, if you want to join in on the conversation, uh, you can call in, text in, number's the same. Uh, J Southland Toe Service text line, phone number 913-586-7610. We'll take your calls. We've got some people already uh, called in right now. We'll take your calls after the break. Um, make sure you stay locked in because we're going to play a lot of sound from post game. All the players, all the all the uh, you know spags. Andy Reid talked. Obviously, your quarterback Patrick Mahomes was going to his fourth Super Bowl in his career. Let's not forget, he's been a starting quarterback for six years now, and in two-thirds of those years, he has gone to a Super Bowl. That's not normal, guys. That is, there's not very, there's only two quarterbacks that have been to more Super Bowls than Patrick Mahomes, John Elway, and uh, and uh, Tom Brady. That's it. So, let's not take this for granted. This is a, a very special occasion. It seems to be happening a lot here in Kansas City, but let's all enjoy this together. Like I said, phone number, uh, text number on the J Southland Tow Service text line, 913-586-7610. We'll hear from you coming up next. Welcome back in extended Chiefs post game show here on 610 Sports Radio. Chris Nocero, JT Noah. If you want to weigh in, you want to call in, text in, celebrate the Chiefs making their what is it? Fifth Super Bowl? No, sixth Super Bowl now in franchise history. You can do so. You can call in, text in on the J Southland Toast Service text line 913-586-7610. We got a few people calling in here. We'll get to you now. First, we'll start off with Dan and KCK. Dan, how's it going? Oh, looks like uh, like we... uh... Oh, looks like we do not have him. Uh, What about... Neil, Lone Jack. Neil, how's it going? Sarah, how are you, man? I'm good, man. You already how can you how can you not be good when your team's going back to the Super Bowl? Sarah, man, it you can't be better, man. I mean, you know, I told uh, JT on when it, when you know like first called in, he put yeah. me on hold. I said, you know, I got a history of talking to you about Super Bowl. Yes, and, you, you know, do. You do. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Now, I'll get to the Super Bowl in a minute, but before I do, I want to talk a little bit more about this game that we just watched today. 
because earlier I called in the post-game show, and I was talking to Jay about this defense, and I was giving this defense flowers. And this defense deserves the flowers. But at the same time, I want to give this offense flowers, too, because aside from a couple of really, really questionable holding calls against Trey Smith, back-to-back, I don't think the guys had two holding calls an entire game the entire season, and yet he had two back-to-back on consecutive plays. Are you kidding me? That's a joke. We should have been up 20 points at halftime. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, 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 the I, second I one, that. the second, you know what they should have been up by is they, it should have been a, they should have had at least 21. Cause remember the second call on Trey Smith was a touchdown to, to Rashi Rice. So Precisely. yeah, so Precisely. that that's, they should have had at least four more points there, but it is what it is. You can't do anything yeah. about that now. And the drive before that, when we went forward on fourth and one, first of all, I thought it was a first down that Travis got on the history making catch that he tied. Jerry Rice or beat Terry Rice's record. You, you mean to tell me that he didn't get a first down on that play? Please. They made it fourth and one. Okay, fine. So now we go for it on fourth and one? I thought that was a little crazy. I don't know why Stan, I don't understand why Andy didn't challenge that to begin with. And then um, if he wasn't going to challenge it, we probably should have just took, took the field goal there. And if we get that field goal and we get that touchdown that's called back because of the stupid holding call against Ray Smith, we're up by 20 points at halftime. So the national narrative for this Super Bowl, Darrow, is going to be the Chiefs' offense can't compete with this uh, 49ers uh, defense. Uh, excuse me? What? We did it uh, the first time we played them in the Super Bowl. And, again, we should have been up by 20 points and a half. I had friends of mine from South Florida, good lifelong friends. One of them was a Patriots fan. One of them was a Dolphins fan. And they were texting me at halftime, even before halftime, saying, these refs were bull crap. This game was bull crap. We should have been up by 20 points. These guys are, are, if anything, they're not fans of the Chiefs. If anything, they're haters of the Chiefs because they're, you know, one of them Patriots fan. Like I said, he's got, he's got uh, Tom's legacy to look after, you know. And so he gets on Patrick's case. The other one, the Dolphins fans tell me earlier in the year that, uh, that Patrick's a little bit of a crybaby. And these guys are texting me telling me we should be up by 20 points. Well, the national narrative is we're not going to be able to win that game because we can't keep up with them. And our defense, I can't wait to see what Stag pulls, pulls out of his half to this 49ers offense. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Neil. I I mean, the they are what those calls are what they are, man. <laughs> it's just that's how the game is. I'm not going to go out and, and fret over them. Had they lost, it certainly it would have been a uh, a much more important point to make about it. But I'm not going to hold that on them there. But I, I do agree with you about the the narrative in regards to the team. There, I I, I think uh, Alex Gold just texted out that it's I think a Fanduel it's two and a half point favorites that the. Uh, that the 49ers are over the Chiefs right now. It might have been more in other books, but like I said, that probably maybe that gets pushed a little bit further more in favor of the 49ers, but personally I'm not really concerned about that line cuz the line was four and a half to 5 for this game and the Chiefs went and took care of it. So my 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 money should be going on the Chiefs, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, has history of taking down Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. What do you think he's going to do against Brock Purdy? <laughs> I I I think that uh I think Brock Purdy is gonna the Brock Purdy I think is a better matchup for the Chiefs than the last two quarterbacks. So I I, I, I think this works out better. But Spags will be ready for him. Yes, I think so. Thanks for calling in, Neil. Have a great night, Sarah. You too, man.
Always good to hear from Neil. Dan and KCK, we got you back. Dan, how's it going? It's going great, Chris. How you doing? How about those de- de- defense by the Chiefs? Boy, he's stripping uh, a man, you stripping Lamar, and then, yeah, Karakas in triple coverage. I don't know what Lamar's thinking, you know, playing so good all year long. And, uh, and we'll hear about those college shows later on, thinking how the Ravens are going to beat us. And the offense did just nothing the first half. And then they uh, got that yardage back for it. The Butker kick, they, they made it 17-7. But the uh, defense really did real good, you know, Chris. You know, let's take care of business in the Super Bowl. Go for back-to-back world championships. Take care chris good to hear from you dan uh yeah dude the defense was so good and it was funny because like going into the game i like the one of the things we heard from a lot of the national media was that the kansas city chiefs their defense is good but they're not anywhere near what the ravens defense is they all we heard about was how historically good the ravens defense was and I was just like, did, did, do y'all not look at the standings? Do y'all not watch the games? The Chiefs had a better total defense than the Ravens did. I know you look at the DVOA numbers and whatnot, and I know people are impressed with the points per game allowed number, the scoring defense number that you, that we saw into the season. They were very obviously number one. Who was right behind them, though, in points allowed? The Chiefs were. They allowed 14 more points than the Ravens did this year. That's it. 14 more points. That's less than a point per game. And all we heard was, oh, Ravens defense is historically great. You know how many more sacks they had than the Chiefs defense this year? Three. That's it. Three. That's all they and they had they they actually played more passing plays than the Chiefs defense did this year. So the Chiefs defense got more got three less sacks on less plays. That's it. If you remember back in 2018 when the Chiefs led the league in sacks, they also had way more plays than the other teams that were right behind them in terms of uh, in terms of uh, passing attempts. They had way more passing attempts because they were playing in shootouts. So yeah, they were going to have a lot of sacks because they were they were they were on the field for long periods of time because they were having to go after quarterbacks because their defense was terrible that year. Now I'm not saying the Ravens' defense is terrible, but if you look at the rankings, Chiefs were number two in total defense. Ravens were number six. Why was anybody surprised that the Chiefs' defense was going to be able to keep up? Not only that, and you know I know that this kind of deviates from the narrative a lot of people set. I I like. Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's was, he was a great quarterback. Lamar Jackson is not Patrick Mahomes. So him playing against a top five defense is not the same thing as Patrick Mahomes playing against a top five defense. Now, this year, this week, it was a little bit tough. Chiefs offense, first half, looked great until the end of the first half. Chiefs defense was great pretty much throughout. And the Ravens offense, they besides that one drive, it, it, you know, their second drive of the game where they were able to drive down the field, get that touchdown on that, on that busted play where you had Zay Flowers lined up with uh the with Nick Bolton, the Mike linebacker, which I mean, that's going to happen sometimes when you're you're playing the style of defense, the Spags runs. You're going to have some times where they were there were uh mismatches like that. And later on in the game, they got the exact same mismatch. 
and Bolton almost had a pick, should have had a pick. He just dropped it. But he was matched up on Zay Flowers and almost had a had a pick that would have put the Chiefs in great field position there, and he, he just dropped it. But a lot of people did not look at this Chiefs defense and give them their proper respect. And I've been saying this for a while now. Because I remember what the talk was in middle of 22 when we were looking at at this defense and we were seeing they were still trying to kind of figure things out. And there were people that were calling for Spag's head that were saying, oh, you got to fire Spags a few games into the 22 season. And look, I get it when things are going tough. People are emotional, and when you're emotional, you say and do stupid things. But talking about fire and spag, especially after the twenty, after the nineteen season, when he came in and completely revamped the second worst defense in the NFL and turned it into a, a unit that was respectable. They weren't great that year in nineteen, but they were very respectable. And I guess the past, they were pretty damn good. And uh, they certainly had a lot of playmakers that were able to make those plays in the crucial moments in the playoffs. That right there, combined with the fact that we know what he can do against the top quarterbacks in the league, against the top offenses in the league in the playoffs, because we saw what he did during that 07 run when he went out there and he took care of business against the Packers in the NFC Championship game. And then they went to went down to Glendale, Arizona, and they faced off against the undefeated New England Patriots, and they held them to 14 points. And then in 22, when he's got the third youngest roster in the league, you're like fire spags because things aren't quite clicking yet. And then all y'all were silent. When the defense got it together late in the season and in the playoffs, they were a key part of why the Chiefs were able to go win a Super Bowl. Defense, they stepped up in that Bengals game. They stepped up in that game. That was a tough game. Chiefs had so many injuries. They were having to rely on Marquez Valdez-Scantling to be their top receiver that game. That's how you know things are tough. When you're relying on MVS to be your top receiver because Juju's hurt and KT's hurt, uh, that's how you know it's tough. And they were able to stay in that game because that defense. They had a bunch of rookies back there. Defense still went out there and helped them. So give Spags his flowers. This year, he's definitely been even more important. All y'all people that was in the fire Spags camp, y'all better y'all, y'all better y'all better show some respect to that man now. Y'all better come out and apologize to that man now, because. He more than proved it back in 19. In 20, they were still kind of running on the fumes there, but their defense was still respectable enough for them to go out there and get a dub. Now, in the Super Bowl, they kind of fell apart. Um, But that was a whole team meltdown, not just a defensive thing. The offensive line fell apart, too. Injuries, man. That that Super Bowl was about the injuries on the offensive line. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was bad. It was real bad. And you're talking about MVS. What about Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, Patrick Mahomes having that much confidence in throwing up a third, and I think it was eight to him with the game on the line? Yeah. He comes down with it. I mean, well, that, that that right there shows we'll, how much trust they have in him over all the fans. We'll we'll give uh, we'll give MVS and and Mahomes, and we'll get we'll give them their credit later. I I, I do want to say something about MVS and Mahomes too. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to address that later because I do think that's, that's an important point to have. But I, I just want us to finally, like especially before the game, you're watching these players warm up and they got that, that, that T-shirt on. In Spags, we trust. And it's got the picture of Steve Spagnola with the, uh, with the uh, laser eyes on there. Like that, those guys love him. All those defensive players love that man. They trust that man. He's like a mad scientist in there, doing all types of crazy things with his coverage, with his scheme, having guys moving all around, sending all these exotic blitzes, moving defensive linemen everywhere, daring teams to throw the ball down the field. I mean, they spent the whole game daring Lamar Jackson to throw it down the field. And Lamar got like one big play out of it, which was actually it was a it was like one that was actually down the field, one that was like a medium route that uh, that they were able to turn into. I think Aguilar caught it, and he was able to turn it into a big game by running down the, the sidelines there. But for the most part, they forced Lamar to have to check it down. He was not able to get the deep passes he was looking for, and they ran a lot of single coverage, and they dared him to throw it, and he didn't. And everybody was like, oh, he should run. They should run. Why aren't you running, Lamar? And he had this, Spags had this great scheme with this defensive line. We're going to scheme to make sure he stays in the pocket. And you got to beat us with your arm. All we heard this week is that if you force Lamar to stay in the pocket, he's going to tear you apart. And he didn't tear anybody apart today. And that's exactly what they were scheming for. Today, in a game where they said, we dare you to stay in the pocket, Lamar did not show you. He he certainly put up some yards. He had almost 300 passing yards. He did have a touchdown. He had a pick as well. But he did not look anywhere near as effective as he had during the regular season because they dared him to go out there and make a play when he needed to, and he couldn't do it. Now, it wasn't just him. There were times where he did put them in position and his guys didn't didn't hold up their end of the bargain. Zay Flowers, we talked about it last segment. Zay Flowers, prime opportunity to go score a touchdown, got the ball punched out. Like that nothing Lamar can do there. Like nothing he, you can't do anything when what are you when your rookie wide receiver gets careless with the ball and, and creates a position where a guy can punch the ball out. Can't do anything about that. Can't do anything about um most of the the guys they're struggling to get open, but he can do something about that Isaiah Likely interception. He can do something about that that strip sack that happened there with Charles Amenahue, where he came in there and slapped the ball out. He can do something about that, and he did not. And it was because Spags dared him to have to be better than Mahomes, and Lamar wasn't up to the task. And most quarterbacks are not, but. That's why I think we got to give Spags his credit and we don't give him enough credit because he's had to, he's not gotten the support that he's needed until last year. And last year they had a great defense. Actually, they had a re, they had a really good defense this year when they got even more support, they had a great defense. And now that great defense is helping them win games that they probably shouldn't be winning because their offense has got a lot of struggles. Yeah, and I think the biggest adjustment Spags made 
compared uh, going from last week to this week is you saw last week a lot of the defensive line were getting up the field and they were getting behind Allen so Allen could step up. This week you didn't see the defensive line going past Allen. They wanted to stay in front of Lamar and that's huge because you don't want Lamar to get out of your vision and I think that's one of the huge things they emphasized this week in practice was like hey we want you to stay in front of Lamar so you can keep your eyes on him at all times. Yeah that's and and that was the strategy that they took in the second half against Allen, because Allen was eating him up in the first half last week. Like he was, he was able to to slide out of the pocket pretty easily once the once the edge rusher started to try to bend around. He was just stepping up and 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 being able to to get whatever he wanted running the football. And they switched, and that wasn't something that Chris Jones and the rest of them guys wanted to do because they wanted to go out there and they wanted to tear Josh Allen's ass up with the shoulder pads, and it didn't work out the way that they wanted, but they still were able to keep him in check in that second half and force him to have to throw it, and when they forced him to have to go and win it with his arm without that mobility, it took away some, something big from his game. And it was the same thing with Lamar, and even when Lamar was able to get out of the pocket and get a little bit of yardage, he never had the big one other than that fourth and inches on the second drive that they had where he was able to run through and and uh and get that twenty one yard run. And that was you know, that's not one of that was one of those situations where they just ran a running play and he got it and he was able to find a, a, a hole and got a bunch of yards. But whenever he was dropping back and passing, they said, We dare you. We dare you to try to go and, and rip one out. And he couldn't do it. And even when he was able to get past and get some yardage, they were tackling him. He was not able to get any sort of big yardage in that scrambling game because Spags was very conservative with how he was doing his pass rush. And it worked. So shout out to him for what he's done adjustments-wise. I think he doesn't get enough credit here. I am very happy that those defensive players are giving him his due because they know how great he is. And hopefully over the next two weeks, the national media and everyone else learns how great he is because he does not get enough credit for what he's done for the game. I think he's certainly, I think he's a much better defensive play caller than a lot of people will give him credit for. We'll continue to take your calls. We'll continue to take your texts on the Jay Southland Toast Service text line. We'll be here for another hour up until 11 o'clock. Then we're going to get out of here because I got to work in the morning. Um, but this is Chiefs extended post game show here on 610 Sports Radio. Welcome to the Red Kingdom. Yeah. Red Kingdom. Welcome to the Red Kingdom. Yeah. Red this is Chiefs extended post game show here on 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. However, you choose to listen, we thank you. Chris Unocero, JT Noah here. For one more hour, celebrating the Chiefs making their sixth Super Bowl by winning today over the Baltimore Ravens, 17 to 10 in Baltimore. If you want to weigh in on the discussion, if you want to celebrate, tell us how this win, how much this win means to you. How much this dynasty, because I know a lot of people are like contingent on them winning a Super Bowl this year. I think it's a dynasty now. Um, if you want to weigh in on any of that, call in, text in on the J Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610. Um, 
<laughs> JT actually brought this to my attention. So I, I talked about how the lines opened at about two minus two and a half in favor of the 49ers. Well, uh, apparently, I don't. All the sharps are hammering the Chiefs right now. That I, I believe it was the money line number was like I want to say like damn near plus two hundred. Or somewhere in the plus, like maybe in the plus 180 range. It's now even money on the books. And I just checked FanDuel. They are plus one and a half. I checked uh, DraftKings. They are plus one. They might be favorites by the end of the night. Like by the time you wake up tomorrow morning, the Chiefs actually might be favorites for this game. Well, no no shot at Brock Purdy, but he's nothing like J- Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. I mean, it's a, it's a step down a little bit on what they're playing with. And I get it. You have Christian McCaffrey, but the way the 49ers have looked the first, the last two games in the first half is very questionable because if you go down like they have against Patrick Mahomes in this defense, I don't I don't think you're coming back. Right. And, and, you know, I think, I think the thing about this is like the chiefs game script to start this game was so good. Like they looked unstoppable when they opened that game. And so it's like, you give Andy Reid two weeks and the 49ers are not, they're not, that's not the same defense that the chiefs played against five, well, four years ago now. Um, still good, but they're not quite the same. I mean, there's reason to believe that, the Chiefs could get out early and kind of smother the 49ers the way they did the Baltimore Ravens today because of that defense. And because you're going against Brock Purdy, and Brock Purdy's not Josh Allen, he's not Lamar Jackson, he's a good game manager, and yeah, they can win this game for sure. I mean, I don't want the fact that he's a game manager to take away from what he's done, but I mean... This is a game where I think this is probably the most favorable matchup you've had since you played the Miami Dolphins. I thought the Miami Dolphins were a great matchup for the Chiefs defense because Chiefs defense, a lot more physical than what the Dolphins like to play. And I think that this could be a good matchup there for the 49ers as well. I mean, for the Chiefs against the 49ers offense as well. So I'm I'm a little surprised it's moving this quickly. I figured a lot of people would be defiant and just continue betting against the Chiefs because that's what they've been doing. So... It does surprise me that it moved this quickly, but the Sharps know what they're doing, and I think the Sharps learned their lesson because they bet that line up to four and a half in favor of the in favor of the Ravens, and they learned their lesson today. No, it was more like Kyle Shanahan told all his trainers, start betting on the Chiefs. We need the Chiefs to be favorites because if they're underdogs, we're done. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it matters. <laughs> yeah. No, you know. no. <laughs> nah, Patrick Mahomes, is, he's, yeah. he's coming for it all, and I think he really wants another Super Bowl, obviously, but... Right now, he likes to play in the villain. I mean, he already he's already talked about how he thinks playing the villain's a little fun. So uh, I think another Super Bowl over the 49ers sounds a little bit fun to him. 913-586-7610 is the phone line if you want to call in. Same number for the J Southland Toast Service text line. Reggie in Anaheim, you're on Chiefs Extended Post Game. Hey, man, I'm, I'm back for seconds, man. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, good to hear from you, bro. Good yeah, good, good to hear from you, too. Hey, I, have, I got one quick. I got two quick comments. Um, getting uh, Donovan Smith back in time for this game was huge. He had a pretty, he had a pretty flawless game as uh, as Donovan Smith go, um, and so it was good to kind of get that, get him back, get him healthy on that left side, <clears throat> and obviously big praise to the defense. I think that's that's already been overstated, but I wanted to talk about real quick the athletic ability of these quarterbacks that we're witnessing these days. First of all, 
Lamar Jackson throwing a pass to himself for 13 yards is absolutely insane. And then Patrick Mahomes hitting that that B-boy break dance move on that sack. It would have been a worse sack than what it was, but he he levitated almost. He, he hit his left hand and then switched it to his right hand, spun out of the initial it was like a five it was gonna be like a five or six yard loss and he turned it into like a three yard loss. But for a guy two thirty, six two, that can bend like a dude that's one thirty, I mean we're seeing some insane athleticism, different types of athleticism obviously, but I, I, I was just just blown away by the athleticism of the quarterback. So take my thoughts off the air, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for calling it, Reg. I hundred percent agree with you on both points there. First off, Donovan Jones, um, I mean Donovan Smith, he's done such a great job since he's come back from his injury there. I I I was very much in the camp of let's play Wanye and let's see what he could do at left tackle. And I certainly think next year he's gonna be that starter at left tackle. But it's nice to have a guy in Donovan Smith that you don't have to worry about that that learning curve as a rookie because left tackle is a very difficult position to play and it's even more difficult when you're just getting into the game and you've been a guy that most recently before you got to the league was playing right tackle so for a lot of guys it doesn't matter they can switch but for some guys it could take some time and I think one is taking good as far as the run game goes, but as far as the, the pass protection goes, it's, it's been, there's been some misses and those misses usually result in sacks on Patrick Mahomes. So it's good that they got a veteran guy in Donovan who's able to come in and do his part. This is a guy who's, who, who was previously with the bucks when they were winning. And when you got some veteran experience like that, you got a guy that you can trust to to protect your quarterback's blind side. That's that's really awesome to see. And, and on the part about the athleticism of these guys, that's one of the things that I, I find really interesting about it is like nowadays, and you know, I talk about these prospects a lot on my podcast, Character Concerns. Me and Jay Binkley, you can listen to that every Tuesday morning on the uh on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, but we talk about a lot about these quarterbacks and nowadays, if you're not athletic, you're going to have a hard time getting into this league and getting a starting position. Um, guys like Jared Goff, there's not going to be that many of them in the league anymore. Um, the guys who are the most athletic, the guys who can throw on the run, the guys who can improv with the ball in their hands. Those are going to be the guys that get those spots because they're able to extend plays and they're able to improv and create new plays, new ways for you to get yardage. And that's important. So um, I think Patrick Mahomes has really kind of broken the mold there. It's the reason why guys like Lamar Jackson, guys like like uh, Josh Allen have positions in the league. Even guys like Joe Burrow have to use their athleticism. And Burrow is more athletic than I think he gets credit for. Um, but these, all these guys have to be able to, to use their athleticism, not just to sit in the pocket and make throws, but also to extend plays, to run, to make throws on the run. Um, all of these all of these athletic abilities kind of play into playing the position in a way that we haven't seen before. Um, John, Kansas City, Missouri, you are on the Chiefs Extended Post Game Show. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Um, boy, I'm so excited. Uh, can I give a shout-out to my wife? Yeah, of course. Uh, Diane, I love you. 
Um, I'm just want to say, do you see another repeat of 31-20 in this Super Bowl, or do you have a different opinion or a different score? I think it's probably going to be lower scoring. I think maybe somewhere in that 24-20 range or so. It's kind of about what I've been predicting anyways. But I don't think this is going to be – I don't th- I don't know if we're going to get the offensive explosion like we got in the back half of the fourth quarter there. But I, I – I think this is going to be one of those where it's a little bit more manageable for the uh, for the offense there. Right. Well, um, I they're just they're just killing it right now. So I I see probably I'm going to say twenty eight twenty four. Okay. All right. Well, we will take note of that. I appreciate you calling in, John. Uh, shout out to John's wife and uh, appreciate you taking your time to listen to us here on hey, this man. Sunday morning, Sunday evening. Hey man, happy, uh, happy new year. Yeah, of course. Of course. Thank you for calling in, John. Um, 31 seems a little much for this offense right now. I mean, I don't think the Ravens, I don't think the, the, the 49ers defense is as good as the Baltimore defense, but they're not bad. I mean, and this Chiefs offense doesn't have the explosiveness like they had before. I don't know if you have a guy that you could trust to go do Wasp this year like you had back in 2019 when you had Tyreek Hill. Oh, uh, you, you don't think uh, Richie James could go out there and do that? Come <laughs> I on. mean, the only guy you would trust in that situation is probably MVS. And I don't know if trust would be the right word. It's more of a you pray, you throw you it up there and pray. You don't think Rasheed Rice would be the right move? No, I don't think Rashi's more of a downfield guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Rashi just... would probably run the crossing route on the the deep inside. Yeah, right, the, right, yeah, the inside there. He would run that crossing pattern, and then you would have MVS because MVS is probably their fastest. Like him or or McColl are like the fastest receivers that they have, but. Also, at the same time, I don't think you're running Wasp in this game. Nah, I don't think you. I don't, I don't think you'll need to. If you're going to run it, you're going to run it with uh, with Kelsey. They ran a lot of those Seattle routes last week in Buffalo with Kelsey. Um, Eric, at least Summit, you are on the Chiefs extended post game show. Well, sir, I w- really appreciate the way you open the show with not taking anything for granted. I mean, I didn't get here until '91. I went to the 95 playoff game against the Colts. I almost lost three toes in the cold before I left in the fourth quarter. You're a real one if you were out there in that weather. Yeah. So, and then you flash forward 19 years from that game to 2014 when we gave it up to the Colts at Lucas Oil Field. And the feeling, the darkness that was hanging over Kansas City. And if you had been a time traveler and told me, don't worry, buddy. In, in three years, you're going to draft a quarterback that's going to take you to six straight AFC championship games. I'd have told you to just get on a slow boat to China, man. I don't know what you're talking about. So appreciate everything that's happening right now. Look, the ghost of Bob Sutton is gone. Steve Spagnolo has this defense playing like an offense. And I know the offense can be frustrating at times. And Andy can go into his shell when he gets a lead. But you just got to say, hey, all right, let's turn it over the defense and let them make a play and turn the ball over. So just appreciate everything that's happening right now. Soak it in. And by all means, one thing, don't doubt Patrick Mahomes. Great point. I, I say it all the time. And here's the thing. That's one of the things I think was probably the only reason why 
Some people were picking the Chiefs against the Ravens. Patrick Mahomes. But I think you got to give Mahomes his credit and you got to give the defense their credit. And you got to give, like, I'll, I'll say this about the the rest of the, the position players on the offense. Like, Rashi Rice has developed, I, I think, way faster than anybody expected. I don't know, me and Jay talked about it a lot on character concerns, and I don't think we thought he would develop this quickly. Like, we were hoping he could at least be a, a decent contributor, kind of like what McColl was in 2019 where he came in and he was a good gadget player as a rookie and he had over 600 receiving yards that year, but it was because the defenses were focused on Tyreek and they were focused on Travis Kelsey. And that meant that if you're focused on those two guys, you can't cover everybody. And McColl was able to get open down the field and he was able to get some of these gadget plays, the end arounds, the, the uh, jet sweeps, things like that. And he was able to make plays from those just because he's so athletically gifted. Um, you know, that certainly helped him a lot, but this was a different situation for Rashi because he actually has to basically be their number one wide receiver. And he stepped up to the plate. So I, I think you got to give credit to all these guys on the offense for how they've stepped up because it's a very difficult year. There's uh a lot of disappointment, I think, in the organization for how some of these guys panned out. Kadarius Tony, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about him later, but uh, um, certainly it has not worked out well for him. Sky Moore, two years in, uh, it's almost, you know, he basically disappeared this year. Last year, you could at least make the excuse that he was a rookie learning things and trying to pick things up this year. Um, you know, throughout the regular season, nothing, and then late in the season, he has the injury of the knee, and um, I don't even. We don't even know if he's going to be available for the Super Bowl. I mean, they kind of open up the window for him to come back, and then they haven't quite taken him off of IR yet because of the knee injury still bothering him. I think he kind of retweaked it. So um, the situation hasn't really worked out there with those two receivers. But for Rashi to come in and, and immediately take to the offense and doing some Travis Kelsey like things as far as like breaking off his routes in between the dead spots of the zone and being able to catch those passes or run after the catch. Very Travis Kelsey. Like, I mean, it's, it's, you watch it on tape. It looks very similar, not quite as advanced as Kelsey, but he's starting to show some of that flair that Kelsey has as far as route running goes. And that's, that's really, I don't think anybody expected that at least this year, maybe in, uh, a year or two from now, but I don't think anybody expected that this year. So I think you got to give him a lot of credit. Um, we'll continue taking your phone calls, continue taking your texts on the Jay Southland Toast Service text line, 913-586-7610. We are celebrating a sixth Super Bowl appearance for the Kansas City Chiefs here in Kansas City. Uh, we'll keep weighing in on this discussion. We'll hear from some of the uh, players, coaches, for the Chiefs after this big win in Baltimore. This is the Chiefs Extended Post Game Show. Chiefs Extended Post Game Show here on 610 Sports Radio. Chris Inocero here. Man. There is a, there's a, this surreal feeling, I think, about this whole scenario. Like, after the game, 
I'm just like at home kind of getting my stuff ready, eating a little bit before I get here. And it's just like it didn't really hit me until I started watching the Lions and 49ers game once I got here. And I was like, man, like the winner of this game is playing the Chiefs in two weeks in in Vegas. The Chiefs home away from home. I mean, that's that is it. It's it's and it should not be surreal, but it is really weird just thinking about that scenario and watching it on TV and like growing up here in Kansas City, you're seeing all these other teams clinch Super Bowl berths and you're thinking about all oh, that Super Bowl party like. Where am I going to go? What are we eating? Like, who are we picking to win? Are we betting? Are we doing a Super Bowl pool? Are we, you know, all these things. And it's like, now it's like, you know, when in this scenario, during this period, it's, I've been more focused on, can the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? Uh, how do the matchups go? What are these teams doing? There's a, like, I don't think about, I haven't thought about the Super Bowl the same way. And like, even when the, when the Chiefs didn't make it in 21, it was like I couldn't enjoy it because I was like, I hated the Bengals so much. I just was like, I need the Rams to to win this game because I don't want to hear Eli Apple's mouth anymore. You know, like, that was that was brutal. Yeah, that was brutal. So it's like the Super Bowl has really kind of become very different for I think many of us here in Kansas City because it's now just like any other Chiefs game, but the stakes are higher. So it it just it doesn't feel the same as great. It's obviously great because, you know, we're competing for titles and we won a couple. But, yeah, it's the Super Bowl and really the playoffs as a whole has changed. Instead of it being, uh, oh, great, you know, now I get to watch all these other teams go out here and play. It's like, oh, man, now I have to watch a stressful game every week as long as the Chiefs keep winning. And it's fun, but it's also stressful. Oh, it's so stressful. And it's funny, I like you, You. it was like, oh, wow, the Chiefs are going to play. And then I was like, the storylines for both these teams, if they win the Lions or 49ers, is crazy. You get the Lions, okay, the very first game of the season is going to be the last game of the season. It's a rematch. And you, the Lions are playing in their first Super Bowl, and the Lions have a chance to win their first Super Bowl. Right. And, and then 49ers said you got Brock Purdy, mystery right. relevant. It's like, yeah. and, then, and, then, and then my brother goes, dude, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, you're going to have to get to the parade site a day and a half early because all these Swift fans are going to try to get there to see Taylor Swift. I'm like, oh, God, please don't remind me about I, it. I actually won't be going if they win. I, yeah, went, I don't I know. Went, I, don't I know. went last year. I went last year. I went the first two years. It's like, okay, if they win, I'm scared how many like fans are actually going to show up because they're yeah. going to think Taylor's going to be there. And I got a huge – I got a picture with LeJarrius Sneed last year. It was like, okay, you know, I got something off the bucket list. So it's like, all right, do I – do I, want, I know Chiefs are my super fan, but do I go again? It, it'll be up in the air but i mean if they win i'll be happy as heck obviously yeah if they win i won't go um i went last year it was cool it was fun i i've done it i i experienced it i don't need to do it again i would i would say i would want to go back to a royals one because the the royals one i went to i didn't get like i didn't expect any like i was like young and i was like oh i'll just go and i regret when i went because i was like there was nothing i could see so i was like all right if the royals win i'm definitely going to be there again yeah i mean I think it's great when people show up for it. Uh, I have a lot of respect for y'all. I stood out there for seven hours uh, last year, and I was like, yeah, this was fun. Uh, I'm good, though. Right, like, right, I'm right. good, though. You, you um, do it once. You're like, all right, yeah. what else am I supposed to do now? Like, exp- every time yes, again. I'm saying, I've experienced it now. So And, like, you couldn't really drink because then you had to go through the crowd to go to the porta potty. So, yeah, no, it's. 
I couldn't enjoy it the way I wanted to. Plus, it was cold. Plus, it was a little cold. Yeah, yeah and, you know, like most of the time, you're just especially because you have to pick a, you have to pick make a pick. Right, you got to make sure you're like what you either what stand on Grand and wait for the actual parade to go there, or you got to wait by Union Station and wait for them to get there by the stage so you can see it from the stage. Like you don't, you're not gonna just go from Grand and then walk over to Union Station. It fills up too quickly. So, you know, yeah, I, I got to see it. I got to experience it. It was fun. Uh, I, I think I'm good on that. Um, you want to call in? You want to text in on the Jay Southland Tow Service text line? Phone number is 913-586-7610. Jay in New Mexico, you are on the Chiefs Extended Post Game Show. What up, fellas? How's it going, man? I'm doing well. I'm a total OG Chiefs fan. My first television memory was Super Bowl four. Oh wow! Okay, to make oh yeah, to make yeah, you're real OG Otis right there. Taylor, an all-time uh, favorite of mine, and Otis <laughs> Taylor should be in the Hall of Fame. Yes, but I didn't call up about that, and I wish this would be on in San Francisco because I want to say one several things. But the first thing I want to say is twenty-three Jet Chip Wasp, <laughs> and yep, they don't have Tyreek Hill but I want that to be implanted in every 49ers fan. And also in the John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan's head is 23 jet chip wasp. And today was the super bowl for the chiefs. They're going to, they're going to win in two weeks in Vegas, but the winner of today's game was going to win the super bowl and the chiefs defense was just nails. There's no doubt about it. Lamar Jackson's weakness has always been throwing deep, between the hash marks and he showed that today and Dion Bush put an exclamation point upon that. There's people talk about the 11 and six chiefs this year. One thing that I observed within them is that the most transcendent player in our lifetime is Patrick Mahomes. He is the Michael Jordan of football. And in this 11 and six season, he never stopped fighting and he never stopped firing. In the Broncos' loss, he hit Sky Moore in the hands. Yes, otherwise, uh, Mahomes had a, kind of a, a down game. In the very first game against the Lions, he hit Kadarius Toney on a fourth down pass. Against the Packers, there was a non-call on an interference play that would have helped uh, the Chiefs. That's beyond the MBS drop and also... Uh, the uh, the Kadarius Tony catch that he lined up offside. The Chiefs were not that far off all along. And when I saw Mahomes firing as he did every game, I had no doubt that the road, the, this number three seed with the road uh, the road course for the Chiefs was going to give Mahomes the extra juice. Maybe he doesn't need the extra juice, but a gate, it was going to give them the extra juice that they needed this year, and he's showing it. He's not turning the ball over in two weeks. He hasn't turned the ball over in three games. It, it is truly, truly transcendent. That's offensively. Legereus Sneed, I don't know if you guys know, if you ever heard of the name Jeremiah Castile. He played for the Broncos in 1987 in the AFC Championship game against the Browns. He forced a fumble against uh, Ernest Biner that won that game for the Broncos. Legereus Sneed has now replaced Jeremiah Castile in AFC Championship game lore. He is a straight-up dog, There's, and he'll, he, he will smother Debo Samuel. There is no doubt about that to me. So 
I, I say all that positively. One thing I would like to say is I would like to apologize to Marquez Valdez Scantling. He <laughs> makes $10 million a year. In 17 regular season games, he had 21 receptions. And I, I screamed out when he dropped the ball against the Eagles. But in the playoffs for KC, he seems to be Jerry Rice 2.0. And, and it's not. He's going to have two catches against the 49ers in two weeks. So the, the, the train is on the tracks, and it's not going to derail. You can question me on anything with that, but I appreciate you taking my call. Thanks for calling in, Jay. Um, appreciate you making that call. Um, I do want to talk about Marquez. I do want to talk about Kadarius Tony, and we will do that when we come back from this break here on the Chiefs Extended Post Game Show. Back in here on the Chiefs Extended Post Game Show here on 610 Sports Radio. Chris Inocero, JT Noah. Getting close to closing up shop here. There's so much to talk about as far as this whole game goes. The scenario of them going to the Super Bowl. There's so much and not enough time, man. There's not. There's not. I mean, like like you just said, we're about to talk about MVS and some other flowers that need to be given out. It's like, man, we only got... What, 23 minutes? I was like, yeah. where'd the time go? It goes so quickly, man. And I I told you before the show, like, these types of shows are, A, they're really easy to do because the shows kind of write themselves when something like this happens. People calling in, texting in, just enjoying the the win, enjoying the moment. And I that's why I opened the show. And I say it every year. Enjoy it because this is not something that the league is designed to have happen. You just don't see this happen. And you know it's not designed to happen when everyone starts hating on you. Like, oh, oh I don't yeah. want to see the Chiefs. Come yeah. on. Why these guys again? Roster attrition, salary cap, the draft are the biggest reasons why it's so hard for teams to do what the Chiefs are doing. Yeah. And it's the reason why the only team that's done it in this era is the Patriots. That's it. And so. you, you also have to say, okay, they got lucky at times too. And that's fine. So you can say the Chiefs maybe got lucky here or there, but guess what? You have to have luck on your side to be successful. And that's what the Chiefs do. You got to take advantage of that luck. And guess what? The Chiefs have done that. And so did the Patriots. Luck is a massive part of success in sports. It's just, there's no way around it. I mean, if you're unlucky, it's hard to win. So it's just part of the game, but you don't win this much and just be lucky. Like that's the, no, oh, I'm, one, not, I'm not saying they've no been lucky one, the whole time. That's what I'm saying. But a lot of people are going to make the case for it. And it's like, it is so hard to be lucky, like this lucky. It is really hard to be this lucky. So I will, I will say this, though. The reason you say don't take this for granted is because you never know when injuries are going to happen. And so, like, it's like, okay, think about the Cincinnati Bengals this year. Okay, Joe Burrow goes down, and they don't have a quarterback. So, like, you got to make sure because injuries are going to happen, and you just got to take advantage of when the time comes. And so far, the Chiefs have done that with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Lamar Jackson hasn't finished the last two seasons before this year because of injury. So, and this year, like – Half the league's starting quarterbacks got hurt and had seizing in the injury. So, yeah, don't take this for granted. Um, in regards to MVS, though, I, just like pretty much everybody in Chiefs Kingdom, <laughs> has been very critical of Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And for good reason. Like, it was not unwarranted. It was not, a, it was not unnecessary. He deserved it. It's plain and simple. He earned that criticism. Because here's the thing about MVS. Everybody knows he's talented. Everyone knows 
from a physical standpoint, the guy has it. He's one of the most talented, physically gifted players in, in, in his at his position in the league. 6'4", 4'3", time. Ain't that many guys that's that big that have that kind of a 40 time. That's that's unique. I mean, we're talking you're 6'4", and you have a 4'3". That's, that's Terrell Owens' level of, of speed, size combination. Uh, Terrell Owens had like, I don't know, probably 20 pounds on, on MVS, so that there is a difference there, but... Still, like a lot of teams would kill to have a six four guy that's four three forty speed. Uh, you know, me and Big talk all the time about prospects in college and how that forty time could really make them money. Uh, one guy to look out for, Keon Coleman. He might be a four three guy. You know, we'll see, but he, he could be he could be the next in line in that regard. But like that stuff matters. Physical talent like that matters. And you look at his time here in Kansas City, and it's just. Aside from the the Bengals game and the AFC Championship game, there's a whole lot of opportunity missed by him. And this year was even worse. This year he was not very good. He was very disappointing, especially considering he was the highest paid wide receiver on the team. And I think it is always fair to criticize someone who is not playing well and does not really seem to care. And I think it's hard to measure how much they care, but there are times where you can see it. And for him, like after the Eagles loss, you could tell he cared, but like early in December when he's out here smiling and nonchalant in an interview in the locker room, he deserved criticism there because you hear Patrick Mahomes, and yeah, Patrick Mahomes is confident, but Patrick Mahomes is like, yeah, we got problems. We're working on them. I trust that these guys will get get there. And a lot of people were like, hey, Pat, Patrick's got to be critical. Patrick's got to get on their case. He's got to ride them. He's got to he's got a public. And I don't agree with public admonishment of any sort in this in this field. I think it's stupid. I don't think it works. Um, all you're doing is just you know, taking your frustration out on a player. But if you're trying to win games, that's usually not the way to do it because it's embarrassing and it, it really hurts the ego of these guys. And you hurt the ego of these guys. You hurt their confidence. They don't deliver for you when it counts. So I, 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 Patrick Mahomes showed his leadership this year in him continuing to publicly support guys like MVS and him he wasn't throwing to the to MVS as much as he had for good reason. But, man, the last two weeks, two big games, you needed a big play, MVS got it for you, especially this week. I swear, when I saw that number 11 was the one that was getting that pass on third and nine, I was like, oh, no. Like I, I and it was the same thing that happened in the Eagles game. Eagles game, Mahomes chucking it down the field. Usually, it's a moment of excitement. This year, it has not been a moment of excitement. And when I saw number eleven on the receivers' jersey in that Eagles game, I was like, "Oh no," because I knew, I knew he was going to drop it, and he did. And so I thought it again. I was like, "Oh no, number 11. Guess we're going to have to punt. <laughs> And he caught it. It was a good catch too. It was. It was. A, he had to. He had to kind of turn around and pull it down and 
secure it. I think he kind of did that to make sure he secured it. But, you know, hey, you caught it. Yeah, because if he catches it in stride, he's probably gone. Yeah, he's probably gone. But I think he's like, yeah, hey, I got it. Let me make sure I make let me make sure I catch it at least because this is ball game right here. I actually think that might be more the reason why he was doing it there to seal the game as opposed to like, eh, let me go get this six right quick, boost, boost my stats. But you got to get that man credit for going out there and doing his part and holding up his end of the bargain when we needed him the most. And uh I, I disagree with what Jay said last segment about him being Jerry Rice. That's Travis Kelsey. But he's very much kind of doing the Flint, the Frank Clark thing. That's what I was going to say. He's which the is, Frank Clark. Which is going to uh, terrible during the regular season, except for a few spurts here and there. But when he gets to postseason, he's locked in and he makes plays. And if that is all that Marquez Valdez-Scantling is in Kansas City, I'll take it. Because... I mean, there's not much else he brings to the table overall, but if he can do it in the biggest moments, if he can do it at two weeks from now, if two weeks from now we're sitting here and we're talking about the amazing catches that Marquez made to help the Chiefs capture their fourth Super Bowl in franchise history, I don't care how much money he made. I don't care about that draw pass against the Eagles. All that stuff's in the past. So I'm cool with that as long as he keeps delivering now because this is the most important time of the year. I don't care about any other stuff. This is the time now. And I very much think that as long as he gets those moments where he gets to shine here and there but he isn't relied on too much, I'm cool with that. And I think if you're going to criticize him when he's dropping passes that – will help you win games against the Eagles. And I think you got to give him credit when he goes out there and makes plays in the playoffs. And um, Marquez has made plays the last two weeks. He's not been uh, a great receiver the last two weeks, but he's made great plays when they needed him to. And he deserves all the credit for that. And, you know, I don't, nobody was wrong about him, but I think it's good that Patrick Mahomes believed in him and trusted him to go make those plays because this is a crucial time and they don't have enough playmakers to just throw one away that could be useful to them. So I I very much think that Patrick Mahomes took the right stance. Andy took the right stance and now it's paying off for him when it counts the most come, come coming up next. We're going to finish the show off. Talk about KT a little bit. Talk about the history that this team is making what Patrick Mahomes is making. And we'll close out the show. Oh my God, I'm so in love. I found you finally. You make me want to say, oh, oh, Final few minutes here. Chiefs extended post game show, 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. We appreciate you taking time out of your Sunday night to listen to us. I had to make sure everyone knows, uh, to give them a little bit of an Usher preview since it's going to be the halftime performance. Yeah, he will be the halftime show uh, in addition to probably like a couple of other artists. Hey, Taylor artists. Swift going to pop out? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would, if that were to happen, it would probably... Uh, they might beat the rating. This year they might actually beat the rating for Super Bowl, for the Super Bowl, uh, like highest rated Super Bowl. They might actually do that this year because of Taylor. Um, so yeah, that, that, that would be pretty massive, especially like if they were to get her next year and the chiefs get back might even exceed that. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that, uh, 
we got to have a talk about Kadarius Tony here. For those of you who don't know, Kadarius Tony came out and basically claimed that the Chiefs uh, incorrectly designated him as injured and that he was healthy and good enough to play on his uh, Instagram page. A uh, lot of cursing, a lot of profanity. He was very angry about not playing this week. And um, I, I hope that he has done well to save his money because things with the Giants didn't go well. He's with the Chiefs, got a fresh start in 22. Great opportunity to re, re, you know, restart his career. And he showed some promise, had a great punt return in the uh, Super Bowl. Was killing it on the corn dog play that scored uh, the Chiefs' first touchdown, I believe, in the in the second half, and it fell apart this year. Part of its injuries, part of it was because when he was on the field, he was making terrible plays that were costing the Chiefs games. Um, you can point to the pick six against the uh, against the Lions, where he tipped the ball up. Brian Branch picks it off, takes it back. Uh, you can talk about the lining up offsides against the Bills, which he, you got to know that you're, whether or not you're onsides or not, you got to check with the line judge. He didn't do that. And that's why they lost on that amazing play that, you know, he got the, he got the ball tossed back. I, I think Kadarius Tony can't, I, I said this a month ago after the Patriots game it was like, he has entered, can't bring him back into town territory. And I think that got strengthened with his message last night. I am a Florida fan. Uh, I want him to do well in the league somewhere. It can't be in Kansas City, man. Um, I think he's kind of burned that bridge here. And if you're one of the other 30 teams in the league that aren't the Chiefs or the Giants, why would you bring this guy in unless you're desperate? Um, He's kind of proven that he's not really in that position. So I, I hope things succeed elsewhere but I don't think you could bring it back if you're the Chiefs and you just chalk that third round pick that you traded to the Giants to go get them as a loss do you call it a loss though because do you consider him helping us get the Super Bowl last year I guess no that's not enough I mean you're third round pick for a punt return and a Touchdown the goal line. Well, like, right, right. I don't yeah, know. If, I don't and then know if you lose us a couple, losing us two games. Right, like, eh, right. Yeah. I mean, right. Sky, Sky Moore could have done. I mean, Sky Moore had a great punt return in the uh, in the Bengals game the week before. I mean, two right. weeks before. Right. And so Sky Moore also had a corn dog touchdown in that very same game. He just lined up on the wrong side of the of the offense. Well, no, wasn't it Kadarius Tony that lined up wrong? No, too? no, oh, it was Sky. Oh, oh, okay, it was okay, Sky. Okay. Sky lined up on the left side, and he should have been on the right side. But also, you saying uh, another team taking a chance? Usually, teams don't like to take a chance on another player after they see. Oh wow, it didn't work with the Chiefs. Usually that means because of Andy Reid. Eh, I don't know eh, if it'll some, work. Sometimes it's like another man's trash is 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 your treasure. You know. So, like, I, I kind of feel like somebody might say, hey, I can get something out of this guy. He's really talented. Like, I, I don't want to make it seem like he's he's not a good player or anything from a talent standpoint. He just hasn't put it all together. So, um, but, yeah, before we get done here, before we take off for the evening, I just want to remind everyone listening, this is not a given. If you would have asked any of us 10 years ago, where would we be in this position when Andy Reid finished up his first year? Ten years ago, if you remember, was that devastating loss in 
Indianapolis against the Colts. Embarrassing. You were up by 28 on the road in a wild card playoff game. You lose. It was embarrassing. And we were like, man, Alex Smith played amazing and they still lost. And it was like, man, like, are they going to go anywhere with Alex? What about the next guy after that? How long is this going to last? Is this going to be Marty Ball 2.0? There were a lot of questions about that. And for five years, we sat around here and we wondered when it was going to be our time. And now that we've gotten into this, we're six years deep into this whole experiment with Patrick Mahomes and It's gotten us two championships, four Super Bowl appearances, six AFC championship game appearances. And I just want us to remember, this is not given. This could end after this year. Next year, the Chiefs could miss the playoffs. There's no guarantees in this. So over the next two weeks, don't take this for granted. Don't be like, oh, we got this. We'll be back next year. Enjoy it. Because there's a lot of teams out there that have never been in this position. The team that just lost here a couple hours ago, the Detroit Lions, they've never been to a Super Bowl. Fans don't know what it feels like. We do. This is our fourth time. Some For some of y'all, it might even be your sixth time seeing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Make sure you enjoy it because it's very hard to get here. And a lot of teams get in this position and they don't take advantage of it. We've seen our team do it at least twice in our lifetime. So enjoy these next two weeks. I appreciate you guys listening tonight. For JT Noah, I'm Christian Osero. This was the Chiefs Extended Post Game Show here on 610 Sports Radio.